I'd like to welcome everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we rejoice, right, and be glad in Him. And I guess this Sunday is kind of one of the toughest Sunday that I, I guess, uh, encounter with, because I had to call uh, some of our members, uh, especially elderly uh, members, to not to come to church. And I never actually had a... I always invite people to come, but you know I had to stop them not to come to church. And some of the members have a hard time because they are like you know over 70, 80s, and they are retired. And I guess they love to come to church because you know only once a week, you know that's kind of their their kind of days. And especially worship the Lord together with the congregation is a big thing. Uh, for all of us, but you know, to them it's a special thing. But I had to really tell them, you know. Uh, and our KM after second service, we have decided uh, for the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna just have a online uh, uh, service. So that's gonna be tough, you know, making those kind of decisions really tough. And but you know, we want to do that because you know, we don't want you know, safety is I think kind of priority thing. So. Uh, but I don't really worry about you guys because we have small numbers and you guys are young. So you guys have strong immune system, so I don't have to worry. Right, Linda? Yeah, okay. If Linda says okay, we're okay. Uh, I want to read the passage from the book of Acts chapter 14. Would you all stand to receive the word of the Lord? <clears throat> uh, 14 chapter uh, verses 1 through 3. I want to just read up to 3. At Iconium, Iconium Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that the great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent a considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and Wonders. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. It's hot water. <clears throat> you know, I brought a tea uh, back here. Do you know uh, what kind of tea this is? Do you know anyone? No, anyone can guess. You may guess, but you, 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 you can't tell, right? Until I pour hot water into my cup. By the way, this is a... Uh, Peach grape tea, which is one of my favorite. Uh, you know, some of us are telling, you know, like ourselves and, you know, so-and-so, he, he or she has a good faith. You know, these guys have deep faith. And uh, we talk about their spirituality. You know, she has spirituality. Uh, she is deep spirituality. And we, we talk, you know, like sometimes we judge people like that. But, you know, our judgment can be not right. Do you know how can you judge, I mean, how can you measure a person's spirituality until uh, we pour hot water <laughs> into their lives? Uh, until we face hardship, we wouldn't really tell. True spirituality comes revealed whenever we face hardship. So until we really face hardship, we really can tell this guy has a deep spirituality or this guy has deep faith uh, until we face hardship. Uh, oh, I thought 
Alter. Okay, I, I just spilled it. Oh. Today's text, we learn from Paul and Barnabas what kind of person is a person of spirituality. A spiritual person is, I just will share a few things, a person who has spirituality of stability. Whenever Paul and Barnabas visit a town, city, they always visit the temple first. That was their uh, mission strategy. When you look at the verse 1, at the Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went at, as usual into the Jewish synagogue. That was their, their you know, mission strategy. They always, whenever they visit the city, they always visit the temple, Jewish temple synagogue, as usual. There they spoke so effectively that great number of Jews and Gentiles believe. Whenever they talk, people welcome them. They want to they received the grace of the Lord. But at the same time, there, were, uh, there was always opposition and rejections. Yet, they didn't change their message. They were always uh, sharing the same message. What was the message about? It was a gospel message, right? It was a message about God's amazing grace. Good news about God's grace. You know, we don't deserve to have that kind of treatment. We deserve to die, have eternal condemnation. Yet, God has shown us unconditional love. That's, that's grace, right? And, and always, whenever he opened his mouth, and, and when they opened their mouth, they were talk about crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And Resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was, that was the, the core message. When you have a clear purpose, you don't sway by circumstances. Right? But when you don't have a clear purpose, you can be swayed by anything. Uh, I, I told you last week, one of our KM uh, pastoral staff, staff uh, Moksanim, passed away. And the day that he went to be with the Lord, I uh, visited his family members. So we, we kind of had a little worship. And afterward, I, I told uh, Samonim, um, pastor's wife, uh, Samonim, you don't have to, uh, she's, by the way, she's conductor for KM. So you don't really have to uh, serve tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to ask, you know, like Naomi Chanduzani, maybe she can take care of it. But you know what she said? No, 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 Pastor King, don't, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Because I'm kind of concerned because, this, you know, he, he just, she just lost her husband. And following day was Sunday. And she was just like any other Sunday. She was doing, conducting uh, the choir and really gave God you know, all the glory and impact, you know, congregation. So after the service, I met her uh, the front of the bathroom and I asked her, are you doing okay? How are you doing? You know, she said, oh, I'm doing okay. She just lost her husband the day before. And she told me, Pastor Ken, thank you for sharing the gospel message for the past few weeks. That really uh, made me impact my life. 
Without them, I don't think I can really sustain. So I thank you. She was encouraging me. And she said, you know, are you doing okay? You know, she asked me. And, and that day I realized, person who has deep spirituality, uh, maybe will reveal their true like self when hardship comes. Until you really, you know, you can't really tell much when your life is really going your own way and doing well. You think your spiritual life is good too, great too. But that's not really true. I realized that day. Yeah, that's what spirituality is about. And Paul and Barnabas, they were so many opposition. Yet, as usual, they continued to share the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you this question. Do you have clear purpose just like Paul and Barnabas? Do you have one? What is your purpose? Let me ask you differently. Who is your purpose? Oh, that's not different. <laughs> Who is purpose? I would say Jesus Christ is the purpose for all of us, for Christians. Our purpose should be knowing Jesus Christ and glorifying him. Whatever we do, whether we eat or drink, we dance or sing, and we got to do those things for the glory of God. To Paul and Barnabas, nothing could shake them. Because they had a clear purpose. Nothing. Even the threat, death, threat of death couldn't really shake them. Let me ask you another question. What make you stumble? What make you shake? What shakes you? Is that more important than Jesus? Is it really? Uh, Paul says in Second Corinthians, First Corinthians, chapter two and two. For I resolved to know nothing, what I was with you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Wow! I want to talk like Paul. <laughs> Look at it, Colossians. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. My goodness. I want to say like Paul. I mean, he could boast about so many things. You know, Paul had like credentials. He was a learned man. He has a, you know, like Roman citizenship. He, I mean, he can boast about so many other things. Yet, he said, you know what, I don't want want to boast about anything. Only Jesus. He had a clear purpose. He knew who was the purpose in his life. That's true spirituality. Who is a spiritual person? I would say a person who has spirituality of patience. When gospel is preached, many people welcomed the message. Many people came to the Lord. Yet, many people hated Paul. Refused Paul. Verse 2. But the Jews who refused to believe stir up the Gentile and poison their minds against the brothers. It is interesting. Paul shared the same message, yet they have two different responses. Notice the word refuse. There are always people who refuse the message. When you go out and try to witness, when you try to share the message, to gospel message to the people, you will meet the person who being so 
cynical to Christianity and Christian. So, I mean, refusing you, your message. Sometimes they're mocking you. Oh, you Christians! And they make fun of you. When you meet that kind of person just for five minutes, you get just exhausted. I have many experience. I try to just talk to them and try to just share the good news. They just put you down and make fun of you all that. But same time, I meet the person who has a that that very receptive heart, and they're very welcoming you, and you don't you want to spend like hours with them. Uh, that that's that I I would say they are personal peace, personal peace. That that is my prayer, as a Christians. Follow Jesus Christ. You and I can be the person of peace. So whenever we are anywhere, people will people love to spend time with you and find Jesus. Amen. Yeah. But you know, Paul and Barnabas, though they were uh, being mocked and they tried to kill them, they were being patient in the midst of the hardship. That's an amazing thing. You know, I want to say that's a spirituality. Verse 3, so Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time. I wouldn't spend considerable time. Maybe one day is enough for me. But they spent considerable time speaking boldly for the Lord. They spent considerable time. That's the mark of spirituality. You know, you, you know this passage, right? Love is patient. Love is patient. Spiritual person is the one who loves people. And one who loves people is the one who has the ability, ability to be patient. How many of you have a child? None here, right? Oh, we have Sati. Pastor Sati has a child. Let's say you have a child. Is a boy or a girl? Pastor Sati. Yeah, boys and girls. Let's say the youngest one. Is the youngest one a boy? Boy. If he's not being obedient to you, what, what would you do? Punish him. Exactly. We need a disciplined kid, right? Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways to discipline your kids, right? But, but a lot of time, uh, we need a patient, lots of patient, because the child is God's child and sometimes your child, right? Because yours, and you, you love them, and because of that, we gotta be patient. And uh, so, my suggestion, challenging to all of us: don't give up when uh, when you feel like changing is not taking place, especially in the person or situation. Let's say God called you for some purpose. You feel like God is calling you some some you know like specific thing. You kind of sense that, yet nothing's really going your way. What you need is being patient. We have to get a that's, that's a mark of spirituality. There was a comedian named uh, Will Rogers. Will Rogers. He, he was a comedian, American comedian, like 100 years ago. And once he was visiting a nursing home where there were so many uh, severe uh, physical the challenged people. They were severely disabled people. But he was he was comedian. He made people laugh. 
he was, I mean, God has given him that, the gag senses. He could really make people laugh. So everyone had a great time. During the break time, he went back to backstage and he kind of took a little break. His manager followed him with the towels and the water, tried to give to the, you know, Rogers, but he was like weeping like a little baby, moving his, shaking his shoulders and, he, you know, like crying. I guess he couldn't uh, withhold his emotional uh, I guess overwhelming the emotion while he was seeing this disabled uh, patients. But after for a while, he came out again. He <laughs> made people laugh. He was performing. He was professional. This is my question. How could Roger take care of his overwhelming emotion like that? How could he take it? You know, how could he manage that the emotion? The answer is because he was a comedian. As simple as that. That's his job. That's his calling. What I'm trying to say is this. If God calls you, if you have a mission to accomplish, uh, maybe God is demanding us the patience. Patience are easy. But that's a mark of spirituality. I like this passage. Perseverance produces character, character, and character, hope. Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. What is hope here? I would say two things. First, hope is that we walk with Jesus Christ and becoming like Jesus Christ. That is my hope. That should be our hope. You know, we walk with him every day. And we become like him. We begin to talk like him. We begin to love like him. I mean, it's impossible, yet that is our hope. That is our aiming. And second, second, the hope is the hope of resurrection. You know, our citizenship is in heaven. Amen? Yeah, our citizenship is in heaven. This is not our final destination. This is not our home. Our final destination is in heaven. Of course, heaven begins here in this earth, right? When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, heaven begins in your heart. Jesus asked his disciple, where is the heart? Where is heaven? Heaven is in your heart. If, you, if we accept Christ into our lives, heaven begins here. But it's going to be you know, extended to eternity. That's what heaven is, right? Do you truly believe that there's heaven and heaven is more important than this life? What do you think? Of course, this life is important, but you know, we're like a sojourners, strangers. This is like a little, take a trip. But our final decision, if final decision is there, isn't that more important than here? Right? But when you look at our lives, our lives are actually testifying, no, 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 this is more important. Because we put more weight on this life than life to come. So I think that's very challenging for us. That is very challenging for us. Hey, 
if we truly believe that there is heaven and there's new world in heaven, I think we can be patient. I think that's a mark of spirituality. Last point, a person who has spirituality of reliance. Going to the hardship once is tough, right? But what if you have, like, hardships keep coming back to you again and again and again? How could Paul and Barnabas kept being patient to those who gave them hardship? You can find the answer in the following passage, verse 3. Therefore, they spend a long time uh, they're speaking boldly with, with reliance upon the Lord. They could spend a long time with them, those, even there are so many persecutions, because they rely upon the Lord. That's why they could stay and boldly share the good news. Let me ask you this question. I'm asking a lot of questions. Do you, tr- do you trust God? Do you trust God? Yeah. Amen. That's what Amen. That's what you guys do, right? Let me ask you again. Do you truly trust God? Wendy Pesati? <laughs> Let me ask one more time. Do you solely trust God? Try, right? Yeah. I think that's maybe honest answer. I believe uh, Pesati solely trusts God. That's why he's here. <laughs> I mean, you know, apart from his family member, so as Esther, preparing himself to be the, you know, efficient servant of the Lord. I mean, that's hard to do, right? If you don't truly, solely trust God, you can't really do that. But when you look at our lives, I trust God. And I trust money also. You know, I, I trust God and so-and-so. I trust God and network. I trust God and experiences. I trust God and there's so many other things. That's not what trust means. When Jesus say, can you trust me? That means, can you trust me solely? Uh, Isaiah says, stop trusting in man who has but a breath in his nostril. Of what count is he? Uh, you know the person named Leo Tolstoy, right? He was, a, he was a Russian writer who is regarded as one of the greatest authors of all time. At a young age, he was idealist and hidden at the same time. Interesting combination. He lived prodigal life. He was a heavy gambler, and he actually uh, lost his house by, you know, doing the gambling. And he has such a fear of sin. So much fear is like upon him. So he, he has struggle. So much fear. And one day he was walking along the countryside. He observed the farmers like doing the farming with such a just, you know, like. Greatness, the joy. So he asked him, what is the secret of being, you know, being who you are, being so joyful? The farmer said, I trust God alone. The simple phrase impacts his life. Because he realized, I don't, he, he didn't have that. 
how to get rid of fear? It depends on whom you trust. If you trust yourself, you can you never, you can never get rid of your fear. But you can get rid of fear by trusting Jesus Christ. You know, what I feel this day, so much fear, unnecessary fear. I mean, of course, we've got to really take good care of ourselves, you know, immune system, all that. This virus is like, I mean, infecting whole globe, globally. Of course, we have to, but have you ever go to market this day? You know, I shared that with the second service. I don't really get the, I still don't know why people are buying so many, so many toilet papers. I mean, someone tried to explain to me, but I don't really get that. As if they're gonna like, you know, stick, I mean, stay in the house for forever. I mean, the many roles, I mean, that's fear, right? You don't have to fear if you depend your, your, your soul, your life to Christ. If you trust him, you don't have to fear. Jeremiah said, but blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Trust the Lord. So this is a formula kind of trust God, you become confident, you become bold, and with the boldness, you begin to love. You know, that's the mark of, I think, Christianity. Why do, we, why do you pray? Why do you read the Bible? My answer is to love others, right? Yeah. By trusting him, you become bold, become confident. With confidence, what, what do you do? You go out and kick people. I mean, you don't do that, right? You go out and begin to love them, embrace them, encourage them. That's true mark of spirituality. Let me conclude my message today. Listen to someone asking me, Pastor Ken, how come God doesn't answer my prayer? That was, she was like, I pray every day. How come God doesn't answer my prayer? You know what? I was glad that she asked my question, that question, because I had the same question. I shrug, Lord, are you really there? How come I've been praying so many things for, you know, church members and important matters and issues and it seems like I don't feel like you're really answering my prayer. Is something wrong with me or something wrong with you, Lord? One of the early morning prayer time, I sat down and speaker was sharing and the message was, God remembers your prayer. That morning, that really touched me. And I couldn't just walk away. I had to sit down and, and God, I, I offer my prayer. And as I conclude my prayer, God was giving me the kind of sentence. I remember, not only I remember your prayers, I remember your good works. And I, I am the God who rewards you in this life life to come that was very encouraging to me and because I know how hard how uh, I know you know like many of our members how much they gave to the Lord how uh, 
much they offered their prayer to the Lord. I'm a witness. So that was very encouraging. Lord, thank you for telling me that. You will remember their prayers, their hard work, their good works. And you will reward them this life and life to come. So I made the decision, Lord, I will continue to pray. Because I know you hear my prayer. Be stable, be patient, and rely on God, God alone. Amen.